In 2019, I interviewed Skillet frontman John Cooper about the creative process for the band's 10th album, Victorious. John spoke about influences, discovering their drummer, Jen Ledger, and staying true to his faith. I really enjoyed this interview and hope you guys enjoy it too. What's up? I'm John with Skillet. You're hanging out with Rob on Front Row Live. Before we get into any other music, congratulations because it's already hard enough for a band to say they've released 10 albums. And that's yeah. something that you just did this past August. Thank you so much, man. Lucky 10. Right? That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, very lucky. It's cool, though, because it, it took you guys like 10 years before like there was traction for the band at the same yeah. time. Like throughout that process, like... What was some of the struggles that you guys faced and how did you guys kind of overcome them? Because other bands would be like, you know what, we're not doing 10 years, we're not doing this. Yeah. The first 10 years was slow going, man. <laughs> People were like, you've been a band for over 20 years. Like The first 10 years, no one knew us, all right? <laughs> but uh, it's hard work. I mean, you know, one of the things that really helped us, and I'm, I'm going to make myself sound old for some people oh, watching, man. but here we go. You ready? You ready? Um, I mean... When we first started in 96, I mean, the internet existed, <laughs> but barely. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like now. It wasn't like, oh, I want to hear some new music. Yeah. Here's my phone. Click, click, right. click. It was like, if you didn't have a song on radio, then you didn't have you in nothing. nothing. Yeah, you don't exist. No, <laughs> no. So we were playing the same clubs over and over and over, just yeah. getting that word of 20 people, 30 people, 40 people, trying to get that word of mouth. So we kind of made our, made our name as a live band. Yeah. People are like, that's a band you got to see live. Like you've heard that about, you know, some people probably. Right. And All the uh, time. Yeah, they're always like, oh, that's a band you got to see live to yeah. get it. And I still meet people today and they, they're like, man, I never was really into you guys, but my buddy was like, I'm telling you, don't judge him until you see him live. He's like, I saw it live, and then I understood it. I, I, that might go about all the way back yeah. to yeah. learning that you got to put on a show. Yeah. You can't just go up there and play your crap. You get on there, you put on a show, you connect with fans, you write stuff about how you feel, and, and you see it on their faces if they connect or not. Right. So that really, um, oh, the reason I was telling that story is because when the Internet really started kicking in with, for music, I would say... 2003, 2004, all of a sudden, like, MySpace came out, yep. and we put out a record, and we were like the, we were like the MySpace band of 2006, you know, it's like Chemical Romance, yep. um, Flyleaf, Skillet, like we were in that group of bands that people had all over their Facebook page, mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, I meant to say MySpace page, excuse me, and all of a sudden, it, it, we, you know, we had a gold record yeah. without any radio hits. Wow. So all of a sudden, it wasn't only radio. And then on the next album, we had a radio hit. And so it went from gold to platinum, and, and that changed the game. Radio is still the biggest thing you need. Right. But uh, you can survive in other ways these days, and that's a cool thing about how music's changed. Right, right. And on top of that, like we mentioned, like this is the 10th album, but you guys released this album, and you guys are still touring nonstop. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact... Part of the demos for this record was done while you guys were on tour. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how does that change or how does that impact the way that, you know, this album was? Because you guys were constantly on the road doing different shows, different countries, for example. Yeah. You know, we recorded <clears throat> almost the whole album on the road, which is just bananas, right? We carry around 
uh, recording rig, yeah. and uh, we'd set up. Of course, pe- people can't see us right now, but this is actually a huge dressing room. No, you could have done everything in here, <laughs> drums, everything. <laughs> it's not like this all the time. I wish you guys. I came in here. I was like, crap, this thing's huge in here. Food. It was like locker rooms, yeah. uh, tiny rooms, setting up. One time in a hotel room, a uh, Jen was singing. Uh, I'll show you guys. This, this is how we, it was like late at night, and we had to, he yeah. had to get it done. And so right. she she had a pillow like this right here, and she was singing with her like, <laughs> the, the things people do for just just, just just to record that track yeah you had to get it done so but the reason i liked it <clears throat> that's the first time i've ever done that on camera oh, that probably the last exclusive right there probably hated it didn't you anyway um should we do it again uh, <laughs> no definitely not um the cool thing was that i get inspired from the fans yeah. that's the the biggest thing so you get on tour and you look out and you see these people singing your songs, which is the bomb. You know, right. that's the best, the best thing. Right. And then I get inspired or maybe I talk to the fans after a show or they give me a note and they say, here's what I'm going through and your songs have helped me. What would always happen on the road is that would inspire me to write. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, oh, I got this really cool song. And I'll, I, I wrote the chorus and I sing it on it. And uh, I'll record it in three years. <laughs> so three years later, you're trying to kind of capture that, that, that moment, emotion yeah. in that moment. Now we carry it around with us and we'll have that conversation with you that inspires me. Yeah. The next day I can, I can record it, at least on bare bones. And I think that it kind of gives it a lot of emotion for the record. Right. That's my personal vibe anyway. Well, especially when you're talking about personal situations, personal struggles. Like you want that original, mm-hmm. organic like emotion um, yeah. kind of resonating to the audience. So because you guys were on tour kind of doing these demos and recording bits and pieces of this album... Is that why you guys decided to keep it just you and Corey as like the main production for this record for the first time ever? Yeah, you know, I think that's what it was. I, I think, let's see how to say this. A producer, sometimes a producer's job is to, well, producers should make your music as palatable for as many people as possible. Right. So you might make good music, but a producer might be able to come in and go, hey, I think if you do A, B, or C, all of a sudden you're getting a, a lot of new fans. Right. And it's, it's, um, sometimes they smooth the, the rough edges off, and that can be a really powerful thing. Mm. Sometimes you're like, yeah, but... I don't want the I don't want them smooth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe that maybe we're taking the teeth out. Yeah. You know, maybe what's cool about Appetite for Destruction, mm. uh, Guns and Roses, was that it wasn't polished. You know, I guess in a certain way, uh, Guns and Roses, their next record was a little bit more. It was less rock and roll. Right. Maybe that's not a good thing, um, depending on who yeah, you are. Yeah. So for me. I like that this record, I didn't want anybody messing with it. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm like, you know what? It's got emotion. It sounds really good. Um, yeah, maybe it could have some, some, some edges polished. But I think that that's kind of what gives it the heart. Right. So that's, that was a pretty cool, fun thing. Yeah. yeah. And one thing that I've noticed, like, you know, over the years of you guys releasing records, like, there's always this um, common denominator that it's like, I'm always, there's always going to be some kind of string sound in either one track, a few tracks, mm-hmm. but it's all, it's throughout every like record in your discography. What is it about the strings that is so important to skill it? And then was that something that a producer came in and said, Hey, why don't you guys try this? Or is this something that you guys wanted from the very beginning? Yeah. Interesting. Um, I do like the strings and it's always hard because see you go and make a record and some people are going to be like, uh, it didn't sound enough like Skillet. And then some people are like, it sounds too much like Skillet. You know, you know, you, 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 that's, you, that's a hard one. <laughs> you, 
Because, you know, you want to try something new, but you don't want to try something so new that, like, oh, it doesn't sound like it used to, you know. And so for me, uh, those strings that you're talking about, that's very, like, signature, uh, you know, it's got that classical vibe. Kind of like a symphony in a sense. It is, yeah. And I think that's probably, lots of bands have had strings, Mm -hmm. you know, Evanescence and, and that's the first one that came to my mind. Um, Metallica, S and M. That was a yeah, that's, a, that's legendary. That's Ours was done, I think, a slightly more classical way, in that there that wasn't just like beds of strings. They're more like there. It's more like an orchestra, as you said. And I thought that was really cool. But you don't want to do it every song, as then people get really annoyed and, and this and the other. But those end up. Those are always my favorite songs on the record right. because they're kind of unique to me. And I think the reason we did it was because. Uh, I grew up, uh, my mom was a, uh, a classical piano teacher. Okay. So I grew up in a, I wasn't allowed to listen to rock and roll. N- nothing with drums, no guitars. Yeah. N- I couldn't listen to Michael Jackson. Yeah. I came home singing Michael Jackson when I was oh, five no. years old. <laughs> yeah, I heard it at my friend's house, you know. <laughs> I came home and I sang Beat It, man. My mom gave me like holy <laughs> butt whooping. Like, you know, the Bible says, boom. She, I got the biggest whooping for that. Wow. Just really believed that, that rock was from the devil, you know. So I was raised in classical music. Um, I play piano. My mom was a voice teacher. I also played the trombone. A lot of people don't know that. So if Scott ever comes back in, we're good. Okay. Uh, you got that for that next record. Yeah, yeah. I can read music. <laughs> I can write it. We're good. Right. Anyway, uh, so I think that that classical music is is kind of in me. Mm. Um, and I thought kind of putting that with the rock, it just kind of felt right to me. So th- that, those are always my favorite. Uh, the, the song on the newest album is the title track, mm-hmm. Victorious. Right. And it's got the strings in it, and that's my favorite on the record. I feel like just when you kick something off with some strings, or even throughout the record, like, I, I don't know, it adds this, like, big anthemic kind of feel, kind of yeah. vibe. Um, like, you can't just have regular volume on. You have to crank that <laughs> in order to well, listen to Regular it. volume, yeah, like, <laughs> extra regular um, <laughs> It does. It brings a theater. Yeah, exactly. Brings a theater to the music that, that to me, is reminiscent of uh, even like Meatloaf okay. and Fleetwood Mac, yeah. Queen. Uh, not that Queen had strings, but n- nobody had more theater than Queen right. in general. So um, I like that kind of stuff because it, it feels like it feels larger than life, mm-hmm. and I kind of I'm kind of into that. Right. So with this with this record, uh, what kind of what track kind of challenged all of you guys um, to kind of create or kind of finish and you know mm-hmm. by the time it was like time to record it let me think let me think I, I, maybe legendary which yeah. was the first single and the reason is is because um, I think we had four different versions of the song actually the original version of legendary was written for our last album okay. and it ended up not making the record yeah. and and then I was like you know I liked the concept but didn't like the song so we rewrote it top to bottom and then rewrote it again it just kept changing all the time and then I was like does this want to be guitars or does it want to be keyboards and it was a lot of that a lot of like mixing and matching and we finally ended up with something that we really loved that was very guitar driven but a lot of like modern synths you know it was kind of a mixture between um you know um a heavy like shine down riff uh, I'm, I'm maybe shine down maybe even a little you know single note rage maybe and and then but also like you know really deep synths that you might hear in, in a lot of urban music and i thought that was kind of 
kind of fun. Right. Some maybe Linkin Park might do. You right. know, if they were coming out with a, a like a hard rock album. Right. I'm a big Linkin Park fan. So. Oh, well, there we go. Perfect, right there. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> see it. You're representing. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like I said earlier, you guys have been a band for over 20 years, um, and you guys have you know done it all, experienced everything. But at the same time, you guys still manage to be influenced by a lot of new music. Yeah. Um, for example, on this record, I heard Corey was listening to a lot of Billie Eilish. So, you know, how did that kind of impact, like how did her music kind of impact or influence the way that you guys recorded the record or the kind of sounds that you guys used on this record? Yeah, you know, uh, Corey, who is my wife, a lot, some people might not know, she plays... What? What? I, I, I guarantee people are like, um, why is his wife writing for the band? She's in the band. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Corey is always up on new music. Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm always up on like Metallica. Okay. You know, it's like I just all I really ever listened to is Metallica and ACDC. You're still in those pre-internet days. I, <laughs> yeah, it's easier for me because I don't have to think. <laughs> you know, I don't have to like think about new music right. and new. And she's always up on stuff. Mm. And it, I would say the biggest influence wasn't a particular artist. The biggest influence is that a lot of the newer artists are recording on their own, yeah, which is what something we talked about. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. If uh, no, uh, uh, no disrespect when I say it, but I'm like, right. if, if like these kids can do it, right. then I think we can probably do it. <laughs> like for us, sometimes that we're like having to convince the label or convince mm -hmm. this person or con convince a producer. Can we do that? And I'm like, dude, like you know, 15 year old people are doing it. Right. We ought to be able to, to 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 have a little more say in what's up. That was very influential. But there were specific acts. Um, uh, my wife is a Billie Eilish fan. Um, or uh, who's the rapper? Who's the rapper? Say congratulations. Oh, Post Malone. Post Malone. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, my wife's a big Post Malone fan. And I'm not trying to say you'll listen to Skillet and be like, oh, that sounds like Post Malone. It right. doesn't. But there's some, you know, some of the... Again, I'm talking about the title track, Victorious. It's, the, it's on the new record. Yeah. But the verse goes, I hear them talk to me, but they're not listening. They're, you know, that's a little bit more urban. That You don't hear that in rock. So it's got... And that's something, again, Linkin Park, when they brought hip-hop and rock together in the way they did, um, I always... I thought that was pretty pretty genius. Yeah. So um, stuff like that on, on the production will be... That's all my wife, though. She's... She's all into all that. Right. But I'm into the melody. I, I write a lot of melodies. So if she's listening to Post Malone, a whole bunch of stuff, I'll say, oh, yeah, I can do that. I'm more like urban and, and some more of the rhythms. Because rock music is just straight. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's so many restrictions, I feel. Rock music is very much, um, in fact, if there's anything that hurts us with the rock community, as you will call it, it's that we're sometimes we 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 don't color inside the lines all the time, yeah. and uh, they, they don't really like the synthesizers that I'm talking about. You know, some of the stuff like that. Right. I like that. I think it's cool to try to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, but but cool. I love rock. I love I love that it's straight, and I would tend to be that way in all my melodies. But then when Corey brings these other influences, you know, the way that the way that rappers, the, the way they, they change time, they change meter, they go into triplets and they, they do stuff that 
So much math. That's basically what it is. It is a lot of math, and then they've they've grown up with it. Yeah, yeah. I was. I'm always like, yeah. White people don't think like that, <laughs> and I think that's a real. It's a real gift yeah. that I think urban music has has brought into. You know, people are influenced by it in such right. a huge way. It's exciting. It's exciting to listen to. That's cool. That's cool. And you do hear that a lot on this record. Um, now, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about Jen Ledger, who we who we talked about earlier. Um, she came into the band 2009, Wide Awake. That was like the first record that she was a part of. Since then to now, like, how do you feel that she's kind of impacted like the band, whether it's the creative process, whether it's the you know recording process, whether it's like the live show? Like, how has she impacted the band since? Mm. Um, 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 well, let's see. I don't know. Nobody's ever, literally ever asked me that. I usually have an answer for anything. Got you on the spot, you man. Got me on the spot. Here we go. Well. Um, Jen was very young when she came in, mm -hmm. and um, truthfully, I probably wouldn't have had somebody that young. I thought she was really talented, and, yeah. and we knew her from right. church, which was cool, and I liked that. But my wife was really into the idea of, of trying Jen out, and I was like, I don't think she's ever toured. She's really talented, but I didn't want somebody green. You know, like, I'm like, we're going to play arenas. You can't have somebody's first show they've ever played in front of 4,000 people. Right. And it, you know, it's a lot of pressure. But Corey really believed in her, and she was wicked talented. I didn't even know she could sing. So I knew she was, I mean, I knew she was a wicked talented drummer. Right. I wasn't even thinking singing. About the singing part, yeah, because you guys didn't have singing before with your previous uh, drummer, Lori. No, no, my wife, Corey, sang on the records uh, prior yeah. to, to Jen. And so I wasn't really thinking of that. And um, my, uh, Corey was kind of like, I don't really want to sing. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, whatever. But we weren't thinking of Jen doing it. And then she got on the road. She picks things up really fast because right. she's just, Jen can do anything in the whole world. Uh, art, singing, yeah, makeup. <laughs> she can do anything. And so she just became this, like, wild talent. And she's just very likable. Mm -hmm. She's probably the most... She's just kind of like in any situation gonna 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 fit yeah, and and be cool, yeah. and so she just became a real force. You know, I noticed that the the fans loved her, and then I'm I, I can't remember why I even tr heard her singing or something. I was like, dang, you want to sing on a skillet song? <laughs> why not? You know, so I started writing her lines. Uh, I'm not superhuman. On here, I was like, try that. You know, and she's like. You know, I'm not so bad. I'm not. Uh, so I was it, wondering if you're gonna try it or not. <laughs> I think I did pretty good, actually. Uh, so I'll be like, nah, 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 nah. if you but wanted to be a singer, you could do it. I think I probably uh, maybe, but anyway. So uh, she's become a real force for the band. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily creatively. Uh, not that she's not creative. That's just not been her role in the band. She's very creative, and she's a writer and stuff too. And right. so we kind of helped work with her, kind of teach her a bit how to write. Um, and, and how to kind of mold the songs. And she's, we're helping her with her own, you know, projects. And just uh, happy to see her fly, you know? Happy to push her out of the nest. And she's right. flying. She's just a really talented person. So I hope that answers what you No, that did. That did. And it's, it's cool, though, because she's, she's actually, like, there's not that many female drummers that are killing it in, in this industry right yeah. now. And she's one of my favorite, uh, you know, as well as this other girl, Faith, uh, Benson from a band called Crimson Apple like those two are some of my like favorite female rock you know drummers and I, I feel like within the last year year and a half she's been just killing it like mm. on the drums yeah I mean you know uh, when she first uh, when we, she was auditioning <laughs> this is hysterical we were auditioning y'all 10 or 11 different 
people. Yeah. And uh, and I gave everybody the same list to, to audition. <laughs> right. And I was talking to her on the phone. I'm like, okay, so uh, I want you to play Smells Like Teen Spirit. And she's like, okay, uh, who sings that? And I was like, oh, no. Strike one. (laughs) But she's from England. And England was all dance music and all pop. You know, never heard of Nirvana. Never heard of Rush. And I was just like... You got to play Tom Sawyer, man. I, I'm just like, what is wrong? And uh, but honestly, she just picked it up. She was yeah. she was a, a talented drummer, but not used to the rock thing. Right. So I said, hey, this is a guy called Dave Grohl. This is this is how a rock drummer plays. <laughs> and I, I got more than a bargain for because when you see Jen play, you know, she's she's yeah, she's a girl uh, a girl Dave Grohl up there, <laughs> which is which is pretty awesome, you know. So we created a monster. Yeah. As in a minute, said, I created a monster. Nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want Slim Shady. <laughs> Should have wrapped that I one. I can't rap. I told you already, man. I can't. Uh, I, tried. I, I tried. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm rock music. I'm like everything straight. Like Three Days Grace. That's me. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I, I'm a big Three Days Grace fan. So. Now, good to know. I'll, I'll keep that in mind when I talk to them, too. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can set something up between the Come two. Come on. That's how we do it up in here. Yeah. We're setting up tours as we speak. That is, that's the way we do yeah. it. That's the way we do it. Now, to close this off here, a couple of weeks ago, you wrote something that was amazing. Um, and my pastor actually picked it up, and he loved this piece of, of how, you know, people kind of change in their faith. Like, they go through different phases in their faith yeah. um, and it's the way you wrote it I you know I personally thought it was beautiful I thought mm. how you wrote that was great but you know not to touch too much on that but like you being in a band having your family in a band having your kids grow up in this band as well like I'm sure you go through so many struggles and so many you know times where you kind of want to question your faith and stuff like that mm. but what keeps you still being so loyal to your faith yeah yeah let's see let's see I mean my faith is is so rooted in the Bible, mm. uh, and I know I'm, I'm sure not everybody is religious is watching, or maybe even religious but not Christian, you know, right. which is cool. Um, but I am so given to that that everything in my life is kind of revolves around it, mm. and so I've what I've experienced in my life is that everything. Everybody, unfortunately, and everything's like like Trent Reznor said. Everybody goes away in the end. You know, <laughs> it's a little dark, but it's a great lyric. Man, I wish I wrote that. But everything is going to let you down, yeah. and and we all are looking for like some sort of anchor in our lives, something that is like everything else is going to crash, but this one thing never changes. Right. And that's what to me that the Bible is, and and in, in my faith. You know, we call the Bible the Word of God. We say it's the Word of God, so it never changes. But everything else is changing all the time. Science is always changing. And and I've got one of my, uh, somebody that works for me, it's one of my crew members, is a real staunch atheist, which I love. uh, Most everybody that works for me is not Christian. And I love that. We talk about stuff, and he's like, he's like, I'm just so committed to science. And I'm like, I'm like, I was reading something. I was like, yeah, but. They just, they just found out that this ain't even a planet anymore. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, yeah, but that means you've been believing something that's not true. And he's like, no, 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 I'm committed to the science of it. So it's cool that they found it out. I'm like, that's not even truth. <laughs> but my, my point is, is, is not making fun of atheists. But everybody's got their thing. Right. But for me, the Bible has been uh, something that has never changed. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, my mom died from cancer when I was young. I was 14 years old. And people were like, man, how did you bounce back from that? And I just knew because 
my parents are going to die at some point. Yeah. I'm going to die at some point, but my faith in, in Jesus always held me. So I think one of the reasons I wrote it would just be to encourage people, again, whether, whether you're religious or not, mm-hmm. this is not about any particular religion, that we use social media as like a diary. Yeah. And that's probably, that's probably not a good thing. No, no, no. My generation that didn't grow up with the internet is like, you sure you want to write that crap all, like for everybody? <laughs> you know, there are some things that you might want to go through on, like on your own and w- or with people that love you. And the, the reason I'm, I'm saying it, not to sound like I'm on a soapbox or, or preaching at anybody, but I do think that we need, we need to do a better job at relationships right. because there are things I struggle with like everybody, mm. but I don't need to put them on the internet. I need to talk to my best. That's personal stuff. Yeah. It's personal. Talk to my best mate, you know, but dude, I'm having a hard time. Well, let's talk about it. And it right. changes me as opposed to, I think a lot of people view it as a, nar- uh, as a narcissistic way. Like mm. I'm going through this. And I want everybody to tell me I'm cool. And everybody goes, Oh, we love you. You're so great, man. Oh, thanks. I got what I needed. And like, no, you didn't. Yeah. You're still in the same bad place. You just have enough people saying we're here for you, and it it feeds an immediate thing. Right. But we need relationships. So I always encourage people: relationship, friendship, talk about the real stuff. You know. I agree with that. I agree with that. I just wrote that to my girlfriend earlier. I was like, I love that we actually sit down and have conversations instead of like going out to like experience new attractions or whatever. Like, yes. we want to, you know, build our relationship even more just by conversation before we do anything else. Yeah, you got to have that, you know, and. Yeah. It's really sad, but I think that's the thing that's missing. You know, there's uh, depression rates are mm-hmm. up. Suicide rates among young people are up. Yeah. And at the same time, we're, yeah, it's kind of like, I know not everybody's rich, but, it, but, but as a country, mm-hmm. we're less poor than we've ever been. Right. As a country, there's food. There's, there's a, we have a lot of things we need that we didn't have 100 years ago, right. 200 years ago, but more people are depressed. Yeah. And I think that we're missing that connection. So I, get a connection, get a friend, talk to real people, have a, a real coffee. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and then listen to Skillet together. I was just going to say that. Oh, dang. dang. You, man, you we, got me. We know. Listen to Skillet together. Victorious is the new <laughs> album. Hanging out here with John Cooper. I'm ready, I'm ready to go outside and catch that show. You ready to play? There's a bunch of great bands playing tonight, so you better hurry There's up. a bunch of people out there, too. So that's it for now, guys. Thanks for watching here on Front Row Live. Hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more, and I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in, and have a great night.